You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Amen. Thank you so much, Hunt family. I'm sure glad I came to the Lord one day, aren't you? Uh, we'll be dismissed to Junior Church right now for those uh, that'll be going back to Junior Church. Uh, what a blessing. Sure, I'm glad I know the Lord today. I'm glad it's real. Amen. Songs like that just... Uh, just remind you of the fact that it is real. So good to know the Lord. And if you don't know Him today, well, I hope that you'll uh, know Him before the day is over. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in the book of Philippians, chapter number 3. Philippians, chapter number 3. As we often do on the first Sunday of the new year, we introduce our theme for the year. And I'm excited to introduce this year's theme. And uh, it's one word, and it's just the word, continue. As you see up there, 22 continue. It's 2022, and I want to preach about continuing, all right? And so, you know, just like the song that was sung just a moment ago, the Lord wants you to know Him as well. You know, in the song that was sung, uh, He said His life was a sham, you know? So whether it was uh, in the testimony, whether it was someone that was trusting in their religion or their good works, or whether it was someone that was just on their road, just living a sinful lifestyle, they th- thinking that they were living it up, really deep inside, they knew that they were missing something. And I want to tell you today, if you do not know the Lord as your Savior today, man, He loves you and He wants you to come to Him. He really does. Uh, but here's the good news. Not only does He want you to be saved, but God has a plan and a purpose for your life. One of my favorite passages that you'll hear me mention uh, repeatedly is the Gospel of John chapter 10 and verse 10 where the Bible says, where Jesus said, I have come, where He says this actually, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Alright? And I'm telling you, if that doesn't illustrate what this world and sin will do to you, I don't know what does. It'll steal kill, and destroy ultimately your life. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have, and I can, without doing any harm to the text, I can say that you might have, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. So the good news is, not only does the Lord want you to have life and know Him as Savior, but folks, He has an abundant life for you. He's got a plan for your life today, and I'm excited about that, amen? He's got a life planned for you that is far better than you can imagine. Now, you might not think that it's better than you can imagine. Uh, I've got to insert here because it just came to mind, and as you know me, uh, a gift that I got a couple of years ago, it may have been for Pastor Appreciation Day from Doria and Chad, bless their heart, the sweetest little gift. It sits on my office desk at home, and it says, I prefer uh, not to think about what I'm about to say. I just like to be as surprised as everyone else when I say it, you know. So, so sometimes it comes to mind and I say it. And Melanie begs me sometimes, Jesse, please think before you speak. But it just came to mind about a life that's greater than you could ever imagine. But it may not be the life that you have imagined. For instance, I think about myself. When I surrendered, number one, when I got saved, then I surrendered to go wherever in the entire world that God would have me to go. Um, number one, South Dakota wasn't on my mind when I made that commitment to God. Uh, and may I say this also, 
If you really want to live a life for God, what we want to do is we want to write out a list of options that we're willing to do for God. This goes to the teens, this goes to the adults alike, and then we want to send that to God, you know. So we, we send that message to God. Okay, God, here's what I'd be willing to do. Here's what I plan to do, Lord, and I just need you to bless it. Just sign off on it. But let me tell you, God don't sign off on that. Because what God will do is He will send you a message back that's just simply a blank sheet of paper. And He'll say, I'll tell you how this works. You sign your name at the bottom, and I'll fill in the details. So in other words, you've got to surrender before you say, okay, God, I'll surrender, but I need to know what it is. Don't work that way. But the point I'm simply trying to make is this. If you would have told me, Jesse, if, if you would have asked me, let me put it that way, where do you want to end up? What do you want to do for God? I don't think the first words out of my mouth would have been, oh man, if one day I could live in a place to where it gets 20 and 30 below zero. Amen. If only a day could come that I could live in a land to where the snow will fall knee high and, and i got to get out there with my shovel and, and move it. Oh, if I could just live in that place. You know, I can tell you right now that would not have been what I described to you. Uh, as many of you know, I say it often, but I say uh, literally the, 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 the other place that I guess I was the closest to going as anywhere else was a small Caribbean island by the name of Anguilla. I wasn't going there to vacation. I was literally praying about going there to uh, do a, have a ministry there. Uh, but I'm not in Anguilla today. I'm in Elk Point. But here's the thing. There's no place in this world I'd rather be today. I mean, I'm sitting, in, I'm sitting on that pew just thinking, man, I can't believe I'm here today. I can't believe that I get to be in this church. I can't believe I'm about to get up and preach to these people. It blows my mind. So God has a, a life far better than you, for you than you could ever imagine, even though if I told you what it was right now, you might think I'm crazy. But I'm telling you, God has a life for you, but He's got a life for you planned, all right? Uh, the Bible says in John 8, 31, the theme of continue. How are we going to get to that point? The Bible says in John 8, 31, Jesus said, If ye continue in my word, are ye my disciples indeed. Continue. Continue. And here He specifies continue in my word. The text that I told you to turn to, Philippians 3, verse 13, Paul says, and this is the spirit of continue and the spirit of the theme of our year, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do. So in other words, he says, I haven't arrived, I haven't accomplished everything that I hope to accomplish. He said, but there's one thing that I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, and may I just throw in an ad right here that we need to learn to uh, learn from the past, but not relive the past. It's, you, you can't continue if you're living in the past. So we can go and we can revisit the past and take from lessons that we've learned. But I'm telling you, with the help and grace of God, this one thing I encourage you to do this year, forget those things which are behind. Then he goes on to say, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. See, the problem is a lot of people don't see what's before. They don't see what we're moving toward because we're so busy looking at the wrong things. But I promise you today, God's got some things out there for you. God's got some things before you. He has a life set before you. 
He has a great life set before you, reaching forth into those things which are before. Then notice verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So the theme of the year is continue, continue. Now let me start with this. Number one, there's a place to start. Because really, if we're talking about continuing, we must have started somewhere if we're going to continue. So I want to say, first of all, a place to start. The first thought about continuing is making sure that we have started down the right path. Because I'll say this, and I'll hasten to say this very quickly, before you continue, you need to make sure you're heading in the right direction. Right? And that's kind of how I started off uh, right away, honestly. Some of you really shouldn't continue on the path that you're on. If you're on a path of trusting in your church and your religion, and listen, when I, this church or any other church, this, the baptism, if you were baptized here, or the baptism of another, if that's what you're trusting in, and if you're going on saying, yep, I'm good with God, I'm religious, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a whatever, I'm a good person, I'm just going to... Listen, let me tell you something, you're heading down the wrong path. Because that's, that's not what it's about. I mean, I hope that you're a faithful person in church, and I hope that you follow the Lord in baptism. But folks, it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship. It's about knowing Christ. So, if you're on the path of trusting in some, something of that nature rather than Christ, well, you need to do a 180, amen? And you need to begin your life by putting all of your faith and trust in Jesus and what He accomplished on the cross of Calvary in His death, burial, and resurrection. You know, you may be uh, heading down a, 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 you know, a road of license and a road of sinful living. Let me tell you, you need to do a 180, uh, an about faith. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 13, He said, enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. So, a place to start is by putting, making sure your faith and trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me tell you something, trust in Christ, man, is the greatest thing ever. I mean, I'm telling you, and the only thing I suppose that's greater, Gunner, than getting saved and knowing Christ is, when you all this, is knowing Christ and knowing God's will for your life. Knowing that you are actually on this earth for a purpose. Knowing that the experience, whatever experiences, good and bad, that have led you up to where you sit right now, God is able to use. You're sitting there saying, Preacher, I've had some horrible things, experiences. You don't understand. I may not fully understand, but I can promise you one thing. God can and will use those things to help propel you and help you become not only what He wants to do within you, but what He's able to do through you to be a blessing and help to other people. So, a place to start. Trusting Christ is just the beginning. And one of the things that's going to be on our thoughts with continuing this year is if we're going to continue, if we're looking at the goal, number one, as a church, with what we hope to accomplish as a a church, the the souls we hope to reach, the lives we hope to see changed, um, all of these things, and I'll say more about that. But we, we look at that ultimate goal. You look at the goal of the man or the woman that you want to be. Uh, the, the goals that you have in your life. You, you, you look at that. But then you've got to say, okay, there's the ultimate goal, but we don't fly there. 
We don't get there overnight. We don't take a quantum leap over there. We've got to take a step there. And one of the things that you'll probably hear a good bit throughout this year is talking about next steps. If we're supposed to continue growing into that which God has placed us on this earth to be, and I want to emphasize again, you're no accident. You are a person who has been designed by God, created, placed on this earth for a reason. You're a person that again, in spite of whatever you've gone through in this life, God is able to take, even if it's a mess, let me tell you something, God's able to take messes and change them into miracles. Anybody? Because let me tell you something, you look around this church this morning, and I don't know what it is that you may see as you look around. You may see some people that may look close to the finished product. But I tell you, just like Paul said, we've not apprehended. You're not looking at any finished products, at least I hope not this morning. You're looking at some people that are just in the process. But just like I was teaching this morning in our first hour, I was talking about how that success, success isn't the destination, success is the process. Success is the steps you're making on a daily basis. But I'm telling you, you're looking at some people today whose lives were a mess. That God's done something with them. Amen? You're looking at some broken homes, broken lives, uh, terrible decisions, terrible circumstances uh, that God has changed. Next steps. Individual things. Think about your individual steps. In your homes, in our church. uh, Men, women. It, within our church, college age kids, teens, middle school, on down to the, to the youngest in this church. And I want to say this, this is really important to understand that God placed the church here on earth, and you can read this in the New Testament and find out that God placed New Testament churches in areas to be a blessing because church, and by the way, church isn't the building, church is the, if you look around, that's the church, God has placed us in one another's lives because church is a vital uh, part to our next steps. Because the Bible actually says, when I say you were put on this earth for a reason and for a purpose, one of the things that God says in that is that He's gifted each of us in different ways. And you remember how God compared that to a body. He said some of you are like a hand, others like a foot, others like an eye, others like an ear, others, and, and just on together. See, and together we come together and we help one another grow. And we help one another go into those next steps. Church is not just about what you get out of church. Church is what you put into church. And how many of you know the more you put into church, the more you get out of church? Uh, but So church is a vital part of those next steps. Growing into that which God has. See, whether it's, and by the way, whether it's this church or another church, it's God's will for every Christian to be an active part of a church, a part of the body. And my goal this year for Elk Point Baptist Church is to help each of you, help every person in this church identify and take your next steps so that you might continue or that you might grow. That's what I want us to do this year. And I'm, you know, uh, One of the terms we could talk about with that is discipleship. But the idea is seeing and knowing there's a road map. There's a destination for your life that God wants you to be. And I want by the grace of God to be able to to empower each of us and continue to be that which God would have us to be. So number number one, there's a place to start. Number two, there's a place to stay. The word continue. When you read the word continue in the New Testament... 
Uh, it's interesting. Almost every time you read the word continue, it comes from the Greek word meno or meno. M-E-N-O. Uh, and either meno or some form of the word meno. And it's an interesting word because it teaches us some things. The word continue comes from this word, but this word is also translated abide. Okay, so we're gonna, our theme is going to be continue this year, but along with that, it's the same word translated abide. And it means to stay. It means a given place, stay in a given place, stay in a relation, stay in expectancy, it means to dwell, endure, to be present, to remain, or to tarry. Now let me just share a few verses with you as we think about continuing. Here's what Jesus said in John 15. And by the way, if you turn to John 15, I wish you'd turn there because I'm going to share a number of verses there. But between this verse and by the time I get back to John 15, I'm going to share a number of other verses. But the Bible says in John 15, verse 9, As the Father hath loved me, Jesus says, So have I loved you. Continue, continue ye in my love. Continue in my love. My unconditional love. I could, I could, I could park there and preach a while, but I'm going to try to move. But there's a couple different things, ideas behind Jesus saying continue in His love. It means that we ought to love others. But I'm telling you, you know what a lot of us struggle with? We struggle with accepting the love of Christ. Now, many of us perhaps overcame the reluctance to accept the love of Christ long enough to receive Him as our Savior. Some haven't. Some still think of themselves as too bad. And they can't overcome the idea of that to accept the, the reluctance to accept the love of Christ. But let me tell you something. I don't care, I don't care how, how bad you've been. Jesus loves you. The Bible says He loves you with an everlasting love. The Bible says He went to the cross to die for your sins. For you, He loves you like crazy. But some of us, we overcome our reluctance to accept His love by accepting Him as our Savior, but then we accepted Him as our Savior, and we weren't perfect. And God's been good to us, and He's blessed our lives, but then we still come short. I don't know where... There, there may be someone here that maybe within your heart, maybe in your heart, you've been, away, you've been away from God for a long time. And you just think, well, you know what? I can never accept... I can't continue in His love. But let me tell you something, you can. Because what you need to understand is He still loves you. And let me tell you, if you have come to Him and if you've come, come and just said to Him, Lord, I want, to, I want to confess my sin to You. I want to turn from my sin. I want to be cleansed. I want my heart to be right before You. Let me tell you something. You can do that today. And because Jesus' love is a continuing love. So I believe one of the most powerful things that, that I've probably ever learned to do, and I need to hasten because I think I just preached this last week, uh, along these lines, I'm not trying to preach, uh, belabor this point, but continuing in the love of Christ, I believe one of the greatest things I've ever learned to do is to keep on remembering how much Jesus loves me. Because I can kind of do something like this, I, and maybe you can't identify. I say that, but I don't believe it, because I believe many of you can't identify. I start thinking to myself, Jesse, you're a real mess. You know, you're really something. With what you're doing, how many of you know what you're doing, what you're not doing? that you ought to be doing, what you were thinking that you ought not be thinking. 
And, and I'll come to God and I'll say, Lord, I'm sorry. I just, I, I need to get right. But then I just sit there and just think, man, a lot, you are such a mess. You know, it, you, you, are you, and I'm just so ashamed. Now, I do that. But let me tell you what I do besides that. I, I continue in his love. Amen. I just, I just preached this last week, but I can't, I'm not trying to preach this today, but I'm telling you, I feel like I just need to say this again. But I just got to remind myself, but Lord, I got to remind myself of the truth. But Lord, you love me. Lord, you told me if I'll come and, and, and confess my sin, you said you're faithful and you're just to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Have you asked God to cleanse you? Have you asked God to forgive you? Have you turned? Have you, are you agreeing with God against your sin? If so, He said He's faithful and just to forgive. So you know what, he's, you know what that means He's done? That means I'm forgiven. That means what I need to do is continue in the love of Christ. And one of the ways I continue in His love is by lifting up my hand perhaps to heaven when I'm driving in my truck. I tell you, there's, I, me and God do it. There's a lot that goes on in my truck. Amen. I'm glad that uh, God rides with me. Amen. And He rides with you too. And it's a good thing because some of you drive a Dodge, you know, and a Chevy. And, uh, but, uh, but let me tell you, he, He's there with me. Um, and I just say, thank you, Lord. I'm glad you love me. And I just rejoice in His love. And you know what? I walk tall, folks. I do. I walk with my head up. I walk with my chest out. Oh, preacher, you must really think you're something. Oh, no, 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 no. I can tell you some things about me. But I'm not going to take time to do that. I'm, I'm going to walk with my head up and my chest out because I'm going to tell you about a, the God in heaven that loves me. I want to tell you about my Savior who loved me enough to go to the cross for me. And yes, I know that was years ago, but you want to know something? He knew when He did that who I would be today. He knew every time I would fail. He knew every bad thought I would have. He knew everything about me, and He loves me anyway. So I walk tall. I walk, but why? Because I continue in His love. Amen? That was supposed to be 30 seconds of me reading that verse, not telling you all of that. So let me, let me uh, give you, share with you a couple more. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 24, that we should continue in the Son and in the Father. 2 Timothy 3, 14, the Bible says, continue in the things which thou hast learned. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4, 16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine and continue in them. The Bible says in Colossians 1, 23, continue in the faith. Acts 13, 43, continue in the grace of God. Acts 26, 22, continue unto this day. The Bible says in Colossians uh, chapter number 4, verse 2, continue in prayer. I was fascinated as I read some of these verses about continuing in the doctrine and in, in what you've learned that a lot of the context about continuing in the Word of God, the verse that precedes it, is often warning about false doctrine and false teaching. And son, let me tell you something, there's a ton of it out there. And that's one of the reasons why we're really encouraging people, as we do every, every week and every year, but get in the Word of God this year. Because you want to know something? I do not want one person that comes to this church believing something based on the fact that I said it. I want you to believe it because you've seen it for yourself in the Word of God. And, uh, and, 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 I want, and, and I'm going to preach to you the truth. But I love what the Bible says. The Bible commends a group of Christians in the book of Acts that were called the Berean Christians. They were from Berea. 
And the, and the, but the Bible says those Berean Christians were more noble than the Christians of Thessalonica. Why? Because those Berean, I love this, those Berean Christians, Paul would come to town. Have you ever known a preacher, a priest, or a minister that didn't like you questioning them? Maybe some teacher that didn't like you question. Don't ask me questions. It's that way because I say it's that way. Well, if anybody ever had the right to act that way, it would have been the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul comes to town. The Apostle Paul. Literally, God used him to write half the New Testament. He comes to town. He gets up and preaches. These people are looking at him like this while he preaches. Hmm. Okay. And uh, he stands at the back door. And as they leave, they say, well, we appreciate you coming. We're not so sure about that stuff you preach. We're going to go home and make sure that what you're preaching is right. The Apostle Paul said, man, that's wonderful. (laughs) I love it. He said, they're more noble than the Christians of Thessalonica because the Bible says they went home. I love it. Paul was excited about the fact that literally what it says is they went to go study and they went home to study to see if those things were so. So the Apostle Paul gets up and preaches and they say, is that so? We're going to, yeah, it's so, believe me. I said it, you got to believe me. Don't question the man of God. You know, I've got some higher vision. I've got some higher position than you. I'm much better than you see. I'm a pastor. I'm the man of God. Don't you dare question my authority, you know. (laughs) But no, Paul said, man, go search it out. Because there's a lot of false doctrine out there today. And see, false doctrine, the problem with false doctrine is, false doctrine affects the way you think. And I'm telling you, false doctrine can mess up your life. False doctrine can lead you to immorality. False doctrine can lead you to be a Pharisee and a holier-than-thou, you know, just a stinky, self-righteous person. Uh, So continue in the Word of God. Uh, Not only that, but he says, continue in prayer, continue in church. Acts chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Now, as I mentioned earlier about John 15, I'm talking about a place to stay. There's a place to start, there's a place to stay. Continue and growing are the exact same thing. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Now in John 15, we, we learn a couple of things. John 15 verses 4 and 5, we learn the source. Continue, continue in Christ. Jesus says abide. Remember the word abide and continue, same idea. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can he can ye except ye abide in me, continue in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth or continues, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. The source is Jesus Christ. And folks, this is literally a prayer that I believe I pray. I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't say this. I usually say it first thing in the morning. Jesus said, for without me you can do nothing. That's normally my prayer before I get out of bed or as I'm getting out of bed in the morning. Lord, without you I can do nothing. Lord, without you I can do nothing. 
Have you ever, can you, can you imagine cutting a branch off the tree? Cut a branch off the apple tree and just leave it laying out there in your yard and then go pick fresh apples off of it every year? It doesn't work that way. It's got to be connected. And folks, we've got to be connected with Christ. Jesus Christ is our source. Jesus Christ is our sustenance. He says in John 15, verse 7, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, and again, if ye continue in me, and my words continue in you, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done. He's our sustenance, He's our source, He's our strength. Again, without Him we can do nothing. Now, the vine speaks about connectivity. We are connected to Christ. We're connected one to another. To continue, we must have support, we must have nourishment. Not only that, but in John 15, verse number 16, the Bible says that He's chosen us to continue. In chapter 15, verse 16 of John, He says, Ye have not chosen Me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. What's that speaking about? It's speaking of our growth. I was again teaching and preaching about in the first hour. It's a, it's a growth. You don't plant a seed. We've got farmers in the church today. We've got gardeners. You don't. We got some literal gardeners, but uh, we uh, you, you don't plant a seed and it just come to pass and it come up the next day. Uh, it doesn't work that way. We sow, we cultivate, and then we harvest. And let me tell you, with anything that you're trying to do, are you trying to achieve something in sports? What do you do? You sow, you cultivate, and then on game day or during the season, there's the harvest. You reap the effort that you have put in. You sow, you cultivate your harvest. But we live in a microwave instant society and we want instant results. We want to instantly be all that we will need to be for God. But in, in reality, folks, we've got to continue. All right? So there's a place to start. There's a place to stay. And I said stay because that's the idea of abiding. So stay in the Word. Continue in the Word. Stay in Christ's love. Continue in His love. Continue in prayer. Continue with the body of Christ. Continue there. Uh, I mean, listen, if my, if my right hand just decided to run off without the rest of my body today... It wouldn't do too well and neither would my body. Now that would be a terrible and silly thing to happen, but that's kind of the illustration of God that Christ gives of the body. He says each member is important uh, to the body. In, in the book of uh, is it 1st, 2nd Corinthians, He teaches us that. But then lastly this morning, a place to start, a place to stay, and then a place to stretch. A place to stretch. Again, Philippians 3 where we started at, he said this, reaching forth. Reaching. When you stretch, you reach, don't you? You reach and touch your toes, or you reach and try to touch. You're, stre- you're reaching. You're, you're, you're reaching. And then he says this, I press toward the mark. And here's the thing. I want to encourage you today. Child of God, I want you to be thinking about what are your next steps today as a, as a Christian? If you're here today and, and you're not sure you know Christ is your Savior, you want to know what your, your next step is? Receive Him as your Savior. Trust Him. It's honestly simple. What's your next step as a Christian? 
Maybe you're, maybe, maybe, you're newly, maybe you're a new Christian. Maybe you've been saved for a number of years, but you've never really gotten into the Word. And, 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 and maybe you didn't have a church family that you were really connected to. And so maybe you're sitting there and you've been saying, man, I've, been, I've known Christ a number of years, but I haven't really grown. I don't really know a lot about the Bible. I don't really know a lot about the Christian life. You know what? Your next steps are to get in the Word. And, and honestly, my goal, and, and just be... Stay tuned, if you will, because uh, I want to start offering some, some resources and some things that, that we can do to actually uh, a class, uh, if, if nothing else, or some classes that you can get in on and that we can talk and learn about some of these next steps. Maybe you're, maybe you're a mature Christian. You've been saved for a, a number of years. You, you've got a good grasp on the Word of God and on doctrine. Maybe your next step is try to connect with somebody that's in the first group. And say, you know what, I'd love to spend some time with you. I'd love to answer some questions. I would, I would love to, you know, just spend some time together, study the Bible together. What are your next steps? Stretch! In other words, do not be... The Bible says to be content in whatsoever state you're in. The same apostle said that, but that just means as far as circumstances are concerned. Being content with whatever state you're in. When I was coming to South Dakota, I was told to keep that attitude about South Dakota. Whatever state you're in, be content, right? Uh... But, but listen, that, that's, that's, that means that. But within the Christian life, don't settle. There's more that God wants to do in your life. There's more that God wants to accomplish in your life. Do not settle. I was so encouraged the other day. I was, uh, I was preaching in, I got to preach in the nursing home as well as the assisted living earlier this week. And, uh, and a fellow came up to me in the assisted living and he told me, he's, he come up and told me, because I'm always trying to tell folks this, old folks, young folks, it don't matter to me. He come up and told me, he said, man, he said, I know that I've still got a reason that I'm here. I know God is still using me. That blessed my heart. You know, because sometimes it's easy to get to a, a certain age where you think, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. And I, throw the can't, well, let's forget, let's quit talking about what you can't do. You're still breathing. There's something you can do. There's something you can do. I heard, I heard about a pastor's wife years ago that was bedridden, uh, sick. I believe she may have been dying of cancer. She was in a terrible place. But you know what she would literally do? She, would literally, she literally had a phone book back when those, you know, again, sometimes I talk about stuff and I want to tell the young people what I mean by a phone book. But she would get out, get out of the phone book and she would just go through the phone book and dial numbers. Hello, this is so-and-so. I, uh, I know this may be strange, but I just wanted to call and ask, do you know Christ? I'd love to share, share the gospel with you today. She couldn't do much, but she said, you know what, I can pick up a phone and make a call. So don't think about what you can't do. Think about what you can do. Uh, that goes with young people, old people alike. Oh, well, I'm not much of a... Pre- I, I don't like being up in front of people. Believe me, we got plenty, to, plenty that goes on around here that's not about being up in front of people. And everybody, everybody in here, by the way, my goal also when we talk about next steps, I want every person in here to have something and some way that they can contribute in this church. And that's something that I want to make sure that you know is available. But I want to, I want to close by saying as we talk about a place to stretch, number one, how are we going to do this? The Bible says it's a growing process. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says, and besides this, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. Add to your faith. 
All right, here we go. How are we going to know our next steps? A place to stretch as we continue. Number one, pray. Ask God. Would you be willing to ask God today? Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5 say this. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. Would you be willing to ask God today? Show me thy ways. Lord, help me take my next step. Maybe my next step is continuing in your love and accepting the fact that you love me. Whatever your next step is, Lord, or you, would you be willing to ask, Lord, what's my next step? Evaluate. Ask, evaluate. Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Would you be willing to ask God that? Lord, look at the one who created you. The God that placed you on this earth, if you're saved, the one who invested his very life's blood into you. And ask yourself, ask him, Lord, what is your way for my life? Are you willing to ask that? Some of you don't want to ask it because what if it's different from what you wanted? If it's different from what you wanted, it's better than what you wanted. I promise you that. But what if it's different? Would you be willing to ask Him that? Would you be willing to evaluate and say, Lord, search me. What matters to me? What are my priorities? I want to say this, not only that, but execute. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, Do the thing and you shall have the power. Do the thing. Do. Start doing what you know you need to do. Execute. How about this one? Endure. Somebody says, preacher, you're talking about continuing this year. This might be a hard year. We don't know what this year holds. Well, I guarantee you we're going to go through some trials and troubles this year. It's not going to be easy. So we're going to have to endure. By the way, that's another meaning of continue and abide, enduring. In Acts chapter 14, verse 22, Paul was talking about the people who were saved. And he says, here's what we've been doing. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. And notice this. And that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. I ain't saying it's going to be easy. But when you know that that's where you need to go, you keep on going anyway. You know, in the first hour, I was using the example of you know, exercise or getting fit or athletics or whatever. You reach some points where it's not easy. And like, can I say this too? And I, I say this, I've been saying this a lot here lately. But I'm telling you, you're going to fail. If you try, you're going to fail. If your goal is to walk three miles a day, if you haven't walked in a really long time, you get out and walk three miles, you may not make it. If, you're, if your goal is to run a mile this year, or if you're, you're, your goal is to run a 5K, your goal is to excel at what, there's going to reach a point as you work out, as you prepare, you're going to fail. You're going to try to lift up a weight and try to do, you know, eight reps and you're not going to be able to do two. You're going to fail. But here's the thing. You can't succeed if you don't fail. And, 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 and if you could get into your mind that failing is okay, in fact, if you want to be successful, somebody said this, we need to learn to double our rate of failure. We need to learn, learn to double our rate of failure because the more we fail, the more we're going to succeed. 
Because if you're not failing, you're not trying. If you're not failing, you're not trying something, okay? You know what? We're going to try some things in the church this year. Some are probably going to fail. That's okay. We're going to keep trying, amen? Uh, it's okay. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 3, the Bible says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. It's growing, folks. It's difficult. The last two words on my notes this morning, I'm looking for him, is Nathan's corn. Nathan's corn. All right. Uh, some time ago, uh, Nathan uh, Hunt, I believe he was the main one behind it, he was uh, trying to grow some corn. And I think they were trying to, uh, um, and I may get the story wrong, but I know in general, they were, pra- they were trying something out. He was going to grow some corn indoors inside guess what it grew great it took off it was wonderful so it's like okay we're gonna grow this corn inside and then we're gonna transplant it outside you know what happened when that corn got planted outside the first little breeze that come up boop, it fell over because those roots whatever they are They weren't developed against the tribulation, against the hard times. See, you're going to have some hard times this year. Paul said he learned to rejoice in the hard times. And again, if I can bring it back to working out, he learned to rejoice when he he ran. And he's like, man, I'm not going to be able to finish this mile at this pace. I'm going to have to back it down and walk a little bit and then run again. But he learned to rejoice in that because he knew that he was getting stronger every little bit. Every little bit. And so the trials that we face, do not make the mistake as you, as you continue and as you grow this year, do not make the mistake of making a decision for Christ this morning. Whether it's a decision to accept Him or whether it's a decision to say, you know what, I am going to be the man who God's put me on this earth to be. I am going to be the, 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 the boy or the girl, the woman that God's placed me on this earth to be, the wife. Don't be the person that makes that commitment today. And then a week or two from now, you say, well, my goodness, I don't understand. I made a commitment to continue, but it got hard. Can I just go ahead and tell you, it's going to get hard. It's going to be hard. There's going to be difficulties. But what I can also tell you is, you're going to grow through those difficulties if you keep on going. See, you're really not a failure. I talked about failing earlier. I'm not saying you're going to be a failure. Failure, you're not a failure until you quit. Okay? You're not a failure until you quit. So just don't quit. Say, man, I I failed. Preacher, I messed up. I I guess I'm not cut out for it. No, you are cut out for it, but you've got to keep on going. You get knocked down, get back up again. Because I want to tell you something. If you look around this church right now, you're looking at a bunch of other people that are falling down and getting back up. To bring it back at the, at the risk of sounding like I'm doing all uh, health and wealth or something today. But, but I'm just thinking about from the fitness side of things as we start the new year. That's so many people's goals. It's looking at the person who you have seen lose a bunch of weight and get in really good shape and get fit. And it's, it's the excuse we use when we look at that person and we ask them what they did. And they said, well, over the last eight months, I changed my diet. 
I exercised regularly. I started drinking a lot of water. Whatever, whatever it was. And then we walk away saying, oh no, I've tried that, which means we've done it for a week and it didn't work. Right? But here's what we do. We look at that person and we say, it's easy for them. It's easy for them. No, it's not. Everything, by the way, every decision is easy. It's easy to do the right thing, easy to do the, do the wrong thing. But don't look at somebody that looks like they've been successful in their marriage. Say, well, I guess it's easy for them because it's not. Don't look at somebody that's been successful in their business and say, well, I guess it's just easy for them because it's not. It's not easy. Don't, don't look at somebody that's, that's been successful in water. Oh, it's easy for you. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's just that they keep going. They keep going. They fail, but they get back up and go again. That's it. All right, well, I appreciate your patience this morning. Would you stand with me? Hey, would you be willing to make a commitment to continue today? Here's the prayer that I would encourage you to pray, and it's this. And notice this little qualifier. Lord, with your help and grace, I will continue this year. I can't do it on my own. He's already said without me you can do nothing. But God, with your help and grace, I will continue. Lord, I'm going to ask you, what are my next steps? What's my next step? I'm going to evaluate my life. When you show me, I'm going to execute that next step. Just getting in the, in the Bible faithfully. Coming to church faithfully. Praying faithfully. Witnessing faithfully. And by the grace of God, I'm going to endure. Go ahead and get it in your mind right now. The hard times are going to come. But you're going to just need to decide right now, Lord, even if it's hard, I'm going to keep on going. Would you be willing to come and maybe come forward and talk to the Lord, make a commitment to Him right now? Lord, with Your help and grace, I will continue. Heavenly Father, I thank You, God, for saving my soul. I thank You for changing my life. Lord, I'm certainly not what I ought to be today. But God, I'm glad I'm not what I used to be. I'm not as far down the road as I should be or as I want to be. But God, by Your grace, I'm here today. Because somewhere along the way, God, I've determined to continue and to take that next step. But by Your grace, God, I want to continue in Your love. Continue in Your Word. Continue in Your worship. Continue in prayer continue God I pray if there's anybody here today that's not saved Lord Nathan sung about it just a little bit ago and the ladies that wonderful knowledge of accepting Christ as Savior that's your, if that's your next step here today would you be willing to do that if that's your next step, you say, Preacher, I'm really not sure. I mean, I, I believe in God. I mean, I try to be a good person. But if you accepted Christ, if you haven't, you say, I, I don't know. If you don't know, you probably haven't. Most assuredly. So therefore, if you're in that place today, you may just need to pray from your heart right now. Would you pray with me from your heart? Dear Lord Jesus, I want to admit to you today that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. But Lord, I know that you love me enough to go to the cross, to die for me, to rise again. And right now, I turn to you. I put my faith and my trust in you. I want you to come into my heart and into my life. 
and be my Lord and my Savior. Could you pray that prayer today from your heart? The Bible says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hey, if you've made that decision today, I wish you'd share it with somebody. I wish you'd share it with me. Just a happy moment. I'd love to rejoice with you. Amen. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask Richard, if he would, to dismiss us in a word of prayer.